Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's broadcast. You know, I'm going to be talking about something today that I have been thinking about for years. I've mentioned it a few times in some past messages, but this has just been bearing down on me. And I think it's just something that needs to be talked about for, for a lot of reasons. You know, here's the thought that has crossed my mind over the years. You know, when, uh, when there's an event that we call the rapture. Now, let me just say this in case there's any argumentative people out there. Uh, the word rapture is not found anywhere in the Bible. The word rapture uh, is a transliteration of a uh, of a Latin word, uh, and that Latin word is based on the Greek word harpazo. Now, the harpazo talks about uh, a time when the bride of Christ is caught away or snatched away from planet Earth. And so, you know, this is this is a really, really important and incredible event that's going to take. As a matter of fact, this is going to be the most significant event that's going to take place on planet Earth since the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, and in fact, this will be a really a type of resurrection. Uh, the only difference is those of us that are alive, that are the bride of Christ, we are we are not going to die. We're just going to be instantaneously changed. We're gonna we're gonna put on our new body and put off the old body. You know, I've thought about this a lot, and uh, some of you may go, "Well, you know, you didn't study your scriptures much in talking about this." But I'm just kind of sharing you some of my thoughts. You know, um, I, I've I've looked a lot at the original language, and what I one of the things I don't know is this: when we put on the new body. Uh, does this old body just fall over dead, so to speak? Because because in order to be resurrected, this body's got to die so that we can put on a new body. And, uh, you know, the times that I've mentioned that, I've had a lot of various uh, input from different people, different opinions about it. But just stop and think about it. Let's say that uh, uh, today, let's say that uh, nearly a billion people disappear from from planet earth bam just like that and let's say that if they did leave their bodies behind and put on a new body they, they leave their flesh and blood body here put on a new body if that happened then then we're talking about nearly a billion bodies laying dead all over the earth what do you think the news cycle would be what do you think you would be hearing on the news tonight and tomorrow um when the wicked people of the world are trying to put a spin on this and explain why there are why there are hundreds of millions, if not if not a billion, bodies laying on the streets dead. All I got news for you: if they do what they if they do what they do now, and they will, the only, the only difference is they will do it more violently, more vehemently. Uh, they will put a spin on this that, in some way, works the agenda that they're pushing right now. And that agenda is to have a one world government to eradicate all knowledge of God from planet earth. 
and to uh, for the elite to be able to fulfill their every lust for greed and for power. And so everything that will happen the day after, the morning after, that's what I'm calling this series, the morning after, everything's going to happen the morning after is going to be is going to be a plunge into even more darkness than we are facing on the earth right now. You know, when, when so many times, uh, but let me back up a little bit. In, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, uh, Paul says this. He says, now we know that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, now, now let me say this. There's a period of time, and most of you have heard this, it's called the tribulation. Now, sadly, most people have been taught that the tribulation is where God gets so sick of the world that he just pours all of his wrath and judgment out on the world. And really, most people would have you believe that his, that his anger starts with the church, and they lift some scriptures out of context to, to, to express that. And, but the real truth is, uh, the seven years tribulation, the first three and a half years of that tribulation, is, it has nothing to do with what God is doing. It's the tribulation of the Antichrist. In other words, it's where the wicked people come to power and actually a, a wicked ruler arises and begins to totally oppress the earth. And three and a half years into the reign of the Antichrist, uh, he's going to finally uh, reveal his true colors, his true intentions after bringing a false peace to the Middle East and, and uh, appearing to be the savior of the planet. Uh, he's going to reveal his real colors, and the world is going to find out that it's not that he is against all religion. It's the fact that he intends to set himself up as God so that the whole world will be forced to reject God, to reject any of God's truth, to reject any of God's morals, values, and ethics. Oh, well, wait a minute. That sounds like what's already happening. Well, it is. It's got, right now, it's called, it's called the spirit of lawlessness or the spirit of iniquity that the Apostle Paul said has been working in the world, you know, for a long, long time. But anyhow, these perilous times, uh, the Bible says that this tribulation is going to be worse than anything that has ever occurred in the history of the entire world. Now, I don't know about you, that's pretty frightening to me. It's pretty scary. You know, when I look back and read about the flood, and I read about the Nephilim and, uh, you know, all the, all the wars and oppression uh, that, that were against the nation of Israel just simply because they were God's people. I think, man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to live through all that. Well, you know what? Got some good news for you. We may find out that we don't have to live through all that. We may find out that there uh, is a way of escape, that God has made a way of escape. And I'm, I'm not going to make your decision for you. I'm not going to establish your theology for you, but I am going to share some things that the Bible teaches about what we call the rapture. Uh, I'm going to share some things with you about what is happening now uh, in the governments of the world and what will be happening uh, uh, really over the next few months, maybe the next few years, and but also want you to understand what's going to happen the day after the rapture, the morning after, because I've got news for you. You think it's dark now? We haven't seen anything. You, you think it's wicked now? We haven't seen anything. You think people are unreasonable and brutal and violent now? We haven't even started to see the tip of the iceberg of what is going to come. But the Apostle Paul says this, we know that in the last days, perilous times are going to come, 
And here's the number one reason, because men will become lovers of themselves. That is, that is the ultimate reason why the world is going to hell in a handbasket right now. You know, um, uh, Anton LaVey, the founder of the American uh, Satanist Church, and I heard him say this. I watched him in a video say this. He said that the truest form of Satanism is not bowing down and worshiping the devil. He said the truest form of Satanism is selfishness, self-centeredness. And that was the main thing that he said that the church of Satan promoted was self-gratification. Satisfy yourself at anybody else's expenses. Don't deny any of your desires. Don't deny any of your lusts. Because you see, selfishness, self-centeredness is in fact the exact opposite, the polar opposite of what walking in love is about. Because when we walk in love, we're giving. We have we show value for the people. When we walk in selfishness, it's just about us. It's just about us. Take what we want to take. Uh, whoever's the strongest is a person that's going to rule over everybody else. So anyhow, this has meant they're going to be lovers of themselves. They're going to be lovers of money. Now, you know, there's been so many foolish things taught about money. Uh, uh, some, some really, some really, really foolish things making you think that you, everybody should be, you know, filthy rich. And then there's been foolish, foolish things taught that all, having money is, is evil and is of the devil. Both of those extremes are wrong. And I don't want to get into all that, but when you become a lover of money, man alive, now greed drives what you do. Now you don't mind destroying people's lives. You don't mind stealing what other people work for because of this of this love for money. This is this is men are going to be boasters. They're going to be proud. They're going to be, they're going to be blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Man, that's a powerful one. Unthankful. Uh, you know, if you if you look up the word gratitude or thankfulness uh, in some in some dictionaries, some word research tools, it will tell you that um, that the opposite of being thankful is uh, is, ha is, is having uh, uh, entitlement mentality. So, so we, we have an entire generation of people uh, that have been raised on entitlement. You know, the reason our cities were being burned down not that long ago and uh, for nothing, for no reason at all, is because the wicked leaders of the world have promoted entitlement and uh, uh, and so people think that everybody owes them something. They're entitled to something, whether they work or not, whether whether you know whether they're corrupt or not, whether they're criminals or not. Uh, they're entitled. But anyhow, so they're going to be unthankful. They're going to be unholy. They're going to be unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal despisers of good traitors, headstrong, haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and even those who have a form of godliness will deny the power of godliness. And, and, and this is turn away from these kind of people. So basically, people are rude, they're inconsiderate, they're selfish, they're brutal, they're unkind. And, and people, you know, one of the things that is running rampant now is that people love their opinions more than they love God. They love their opinions more than they love truth. They love their opinions more than they love having friendships and good marriages and good relationships. They'd rather be right. You know, I've I spent 50 years ministering to people. I can't even tell you how many hours that I have sat in marriage counseling sessions where it just came down to one thing. It's like, oh, so you would rather destroy, you would rather be right and prove you're right than to save your marriage and have a great marriage. And uh, some people actually come out and admit it. 
uh, most people don't admit it. They they argue about it and they, they come up with goofy reasons why why they're needing to be right. But it, it's an amazing thing what the need is for people to be right. You know, one of the things I do, I, I kind of test the waters really often. And th this popped up on my on my memories today. And this was uh, this was something that uh, that I did. I don't even know how many years ago. It, how many years ago it was? Okay. Now this was actually this was back in 2012. Yesterday I con I conducted a telling experiment. And I posted a logical, factual, straightforward political question uh, on my page, and and about one out of three people actually responded in a rational manner, whether they liked or didn't like the question. But about three out of four were irrational. Uh, they were irrational assumptions. They were judgments. They were attacks that had nothing to do with the question. Uh, and and so, you know, I just kind of wanted to see how people would respond, uh, and if they if they would respond before they read the whole post, if they would pass a judgment and assume assume to know what I what I meant, and that that's what you pretty much find. You know, when I put an ad out for this series that I'm starting right now, I'm just mentioning something about the rapture. Some guy puts a he puts a rant on there. Yeah, but you know, people are going to die. And there's going to be the seven seals and the seven trumpets and all this and, 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 and how deceitful it is to tell people about the rapture because they think they're just going to fly away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, you know, this this is this typical of of the condition of the world. People delight in airing their opinions. And they don't care if they know what they're talking about. They don't care if it's going to help anybody else. It gives them a chance to somehow or another prove that they're right. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care who they deceive. They don't care. They just want their opinions out there. Now, the book of Proverbs teaches us that there's a class of people. By the way, the word fool, the word foolish, uh, there's a lot of different Greek and Hebrew words that get translated as foolish. So I'll I'm not talking about the kind of foolishness where Jesus talked about if you if you if you call somebody a fool, you're in danger, you know, damnation. I'm talking about the concept of foolishness where basically a person is unteachable. And uh uh the the primary concept of foolishness is a person who will not learn by instruction. And the only hope that is offered for a fool in the Bible is consequences. Uh, let people face the consequences for their foolishness, and that's the only hope they have of learning. Well, our entire educational system, our entire welfare system, our entire political system says no, nobody should ever suffer consequences for the foolishness, unless, of course, they have a political or religious view different than yours, then, then you want them to suffer. You want them to have to pay the debt. But basically, uh, we have been raised with this sense of entitlement and uh, with a victim's mentality that pretty much says, if anybody disagrees with me, then, I'm, then you're persecuting me, you're judging me, you're attacking me. And so people are completely off the rails and, uh, uh, and you just think, how stupid can people be? Now stop and think. Our entire society says that, that the person who murders, the person who steals, the person who, who, who breaks the laws, the person who does anything that they are not responsible for their behavior, society did it to them. So you punish all of society for the things that 
some individual does. Now, the problem is, uh, if the Bible's right, and it is, then this, this means that you lock wicked people into their wickedness. You lock self-centered people into their selfishness. You lock people into something. Uh, and, and listen, this is, parents do this to their kids. You know, we, we, we rejected the Word of God about how to train kids. Uh, and of course, I do understand religion made, it, made Bible training brutal and beyond anything that the Bible ever even implied or hinted at. But the point is, the point is, uh, we threw all this away for a bunch of godless uh, dribble from mindless idiots who who didn't know how to raise kids. And so, you, you know, we stopped making kids accountable. We stopped letting kids face the consequences for their behavior. So what have we got now? we got a godless generation of, of victims with entitled mentalities. Now, all of that to say something, and I have a point, again, I'm not just on a rant here. All of that to say, we haven't seen anything yet, because remember, if there's no consequences, if, and sometimes the consequences are just somebody correcting us. Sometimes the consequences are just somebody disagreeing with us. Sometimes the consequences is we go to jail. Sometimes the consequences is we lose our job or, or whatever. But if there are no consequences, then the truth is there are no restraints for an unteachable fool. And the day, the morning after the rapture, there will be no voices of reason left in the entire world. And we are going to see the entire world plunge into darkness in, a, in, in ways that we can't even fathom. I don't know about you, but I want to do everything I can to make sure I'm not here when that happens. And I want to share with you some ways to make sure you're not here when that happens. Now, you know, one of the things I keep hearing people say too, I keep hearing people say that you know they'll see these things that politicians do, these horrible laws that they pass. You know, uh, in some states, there are people that have been arrested over a hundred times for violent crimes. I mean, brutal crimes to the elderly, for murder, for attempted murder. And, and, and over a hundred times, and th they're not in jail. They're not going to jail. They're not going to pay bail. They're not going to have to, they're not going to have to show up for court. It's crazy. And, and, and you just think, how stupid are those politicians that pass those laws? Let me tell you something, folks. None of this is about anybody being stupid. This is about people being wicked. The world is becoming more and more wicked and more and more brutal. You know, Jesus said this in John 3, 19. He says, this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not want to come to the light lest their deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Now, the truth of God's word, and this is one of the reasons that Every single thing that you see happening in the world today to take us to the darkest evil that the world has ever known, first and foremost, there has to be an eradication of any aspect of the Word of God being taught, being preached, being witnessed anywhere in the world. And, you, you know, I saw, I saw a thing on the news just the other day where uh, out in uh, um I forgot what city it is in California, um, at a major university there, 
the law class uh, has said that no one who is a Jew can ever speak to their group of lawyers. Ma'am, tell you something, that, that right there gets rid, of, gets rid of thousands of some of the best lawyers in all of America. Now, it had been that many years ago, if you, if you prohibited anybody from being able to speak to a group of people because of their race, because of their religion, because of their ethnicity, that uh, uh, you, would have been, you would have been put in jail. Uh, you would have violated their civil rights and you would have been put in jail. So, you know, you know what's going on with this? Why is all, why the suddenly people don't want Jews? Why did, why did Hitler hate the Jews? I'll tell you why. Is because the word of God is the light. And particularly the word of God as Jesus lived it, as Jesus taught it, as Jesus expressed it, is the light. And when our wicked deeds are exposed to the word of God, then it becomes obvious of how wicked our deeds are and how wicked we may be. And so, and so you can't take the world into the most incredible darkness and perversion and, you know, of violence and brutality and cruelty. If there's any voice that says that, no, that's not right. That, that, that is ungodly. And, uh, you know, right now, on, I don't know. I don't know what day you're watching this, but on on November the sixth, which will be two days from the day that I record this, and by the time most of you see this, this will already taken place. Right now, there's a big ecumenical meeting, uh, and and the Catholic Church is kind of overseeing all of it, and they're bringing in uh, leaders from every religious group in the world: Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, every group in the world. And basically, they're, they're, they're seeking to come up with some compromise way and some, some, some concept of who God is and some concept of who truth is that is totally independent of the Bible. You say, well, well what's that got to do with anything? Well, I'll tell you what's got to do with anything. We're going to get a bunch of people who maybe they've got degrees or, or don't have degrees or whatever, but they're going to stand up in the name of their religious beliefs. And basically they're all going to say that if you disagree with me, then that's hate speech. Um, you know, we, we've come up with this thing where everybody's supposed to have the right now to feel safe. Well, feeling safe is a subjective experience. It has nothing to do with objectivity. And so if I say something that hurts your feelings or makes you mad and you don't feel safe now, I am classified as a person who promotes hate speech. So everything, everything is moving rapidly to close out every, every aspect of the Word of God. Now, it, and it's, it's not just the fact that, the, that, there, that there's a desire and a passion to eradicate uh, something that is clearly scriptural. It's, it's eradicating things that are just in agreement with the scripture. Now, you got to say, what, what, what in the world? I mean, how is this getting this way? I didn't see this. I'm not seeing this on the news. You're not going to see it on the news because the news is part of the cover for, for, for all of this. But I want you to understand something. First of all, Jesus himself said that the whole problem here is that men love darkness more than they love light. And so they've got to get rid of the light. Uh, you know, the psalmist said over and over that the word of God was a lamp to his feet, a light to his path. We know that the word of God is light. We know that Jesus himself and the way he 
manifest and taught and modeled the word of God. We know that he that he is the light of the world, but every aspect of the word of God has got to be eradicated so that the world can be destroyed by darkness. And I'm telling you, if you understood the mystery of iniquity, you would understand how we got here. I got a great series called The Mystery of Iniquity. You might want to check it out to understand what's what's going on in the world. But but one of the things that the, the Apostle Paul says, he says that that he says that Jesus is going to come back, and he talks about the harpods of the rapture, and he talks about um, uh, the man of iniquity, the Antichrist, coming to power and working with the working of Satan, with power and signs and lying wonders, and all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Now, this is here's why they perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Now, the word, this word for love is the word agape, which has to do with value and holding something precious. People who want to live in sin do not love and value the truth. You see this in the church. You see constantly. You turn on television anytime you want to, and you will see some of the biggest churches in America. I'm not saying this is just the plot of big churches, but I'm saying their influential people are, are are racing to their doors to see what they're saying, and they're compromising the gospel because they'd rather have a big church uh, or they'd rather have people who give a lot of money than to actually present the truth to people. They don't love or value the truth. And I'll tell you, when, when our deeds are are wicked, when when we are in sin, when we're you know when we're living ungodly lives. We don't value the truth because we don't we don't want to have to come face to face with our issues. But I got news for you. I'd rather come face to face with my issues and deal with this now than to be here on the morning after when there is no restraint at all. There is no church. There is no bride of Christ. There are, there are no voices that are standing up for righteousness, for justice, and these sort of things. Listen, uh, this is going to be more instructive as we get into it than this than this particular message was. But I just want you to realize we need to understand what's coming. We need to understand how we're getting there. We need to understand what we can do to protect our hearts, our families, our loved ones, and how we can be sure we are not here when the world goes into total darkness. Listen, be sure to go to my website, impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Got a couple thousand free videos on there you can watch. And listen. If you're interested in helping us reach the entire world, raise up a billion disciples, getting people ready to meet with Jesus, uh, uh, check it out. Consider becoming a world changer with us because I'm telling you, we are taking the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. We'd like for it to invite you to be a part of it. And, you know, this message, this message probably, I don't know, it may seem incredibly negative to you, but it's just a warning. It's just a warning. One day, nearly a billion people are going to disappear. And they're, either they're, either our flesh and blood bodies are going to fall over, and suddenly the greatest uh, lying and spinning and manipulation that's ever been seen ever on planet Earth is going to take place, and it's going to facilitate the rise of the Antichrist. And we're finally going to come to see clearly that the wicked have never wanted to live and let live. They have never wanted just to be able to live their life, us live our life. They don't want us to live our lives. They don't even want us to be here, and they will eradicate us 
as if they can find a way to do it and get by with it and not have any consequences. But I got news for you. God's our, the Lord's our shepherd. He leads us, he guides us, he protects us, he feeds us, and he is going to lead us out of this place. You know, share this with people and uh, maybe get, get people together, get your family together as we go through this. Get them ready to love the truth, meet Jesus when he calls us. Blessings. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.